Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Acts 3. Oftentimes, the miracles of the Bible get remembered better than the messages those miracles were intended to communicate or authenticate. For instance, today we're reading Acts chapter 3, and you can divide this chapter into a pretty easy outline. Verses 1 through 10 show us the miracle, and then the rest of the chapter tells us about the message, literally the message that was given after this miracle occurred. Now, when I was a kid growing up in church as a pastor's kid in Sunday school, I remember a song that tells me all about the miracle. Peter and John went to pray. They met a lame man on the way. And at the end of the song that the man, and and as a kid, you're doing these motions, walking and leaping and praising God again and again. And so you remember those Uh, details of the miracle, but there was no song in Sunday school describing the message then to me. And so today we want to look at this miracle, but we want to also see the message that is communicated afterwards. So let's look at the miracle itself. And the old uh, Sunday school song says it well, Peter and John went to pray. They met a lame man on the way. He asked for alms and held out his palms. And this is what Peter did say. And it goes on to describe, he's looking for money. And Peter says, I don't have gold or silver, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Verse 7, and he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. And even there, I would love for us just to notice that the nature of this miracle, this is public, this is obvious, this is miraculous. God miraculously heals this man who could not walk. And everybody knew this man. Everybody recognized this man. And so they can tell the change. And again, as we've talked some about miracles today, and I think faithful Christians agree there's a lot that's done in the name of the miraculous, in the name of Christ even today, that is just phony. And that's where I would say compare those to what we see here, something that is public, something that is obvious, something that is known, something that is clearly verified, but just by people recognizing this man. So this is an amazing and clearly miraculous event that we see here. And it brings a crowd. It brings a crowd, and they take advantage of that moment to preach a message. It says in verse 11, while he clung to Peter and John, all the people utterly astounded ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. Now, this would have been a part kind of of the courts of the temple. And so Peter addresses everyone and says, men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety, we 
have made him walk. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. So there you see a lot of similarities to what we just saw in chapter two, Uh, kind of a message of you killed him. And I love how it puts it in verse 15, you killed the author of life. So there even, how can you, I'm thinking of this through the lens of the deity of Christ, right? How could Peter refer to just a man as the author of life. You killed the author of life. Even there is an affirmation of the deity of Christ and God raised him from the dead to this. We are witnesses. So you killed him. God raised him. That's part of the message here of the early church. And we are witnesses. And then we start seeing the solution, faith, faith in the name of Jesus. That's what has healed this man who now is in perfect health in the presence of all of you. But then Peter, he calls them to repentance. He he accuses them of being guilty of, of killing the author of life, but then he calls them to repentance and even shows some mercy toward them saying that they acted in ignorance as did their rulers. Um, and this is to fulfill what was told about the Christ that he would suffer. But the, the prophecy, the fact that it was predicted doesn't let you off the hook. So you need to verse 19, repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for the restoring of all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. So Here's some very key things here. One, I think this starts to help us understand what's the significance of the miracle. This man uh, was restored. He he was lame. He could not walk. And he's restored now to perfect health. Well, that is a snapshot. That is a preview of coming attractions because Jesus Christ right now, heaven has received him. We saw that in chapter one, he is in heaven now, but he will return. And here it describes what will he do at his return? He will restore all things. So that little glimpse of the the lame man, now he can walk, right? The, The curse of sin, it's been reversed in this guy. Someday Jesus is going to come back and he's going to restore all things. He, he's going to renew the world. And, and us, even if we die, we will rise again and experience uh, the joy of the restoration of all things. Okay, that's great. What do we need to do in the meantime? Repent. Because we're guilty, we're sinners. And so now we need to repent and be restored spiritually through faith in Christ. And that's what we were experience forgiveness, the blotting out of our sin, times of refreshing. These are the things that we need in the meantime. And then he goes on to go back to Moses and talk about the prophet that is coming. And even he highlights their connection. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers. And so now we're coming to you 
because you need to turn from your wickedness. There again, it ends with a call to repentance. God's going to bless you, but you got to turn from your wickedness. There we see the importance of repentance. So there you see the miracle. They heal the lame man, but then you see the message and the message comes back to these familiar themes in the early church. You killed Jesus, but God raised him from the dead. So now repent. And this message also gives us more. There's going to be a restoration of all things, but for now you need to repent. You need to turn every one of you from your wickedness. So what do we do with this. When we think then, always, now, or some other things we've talked about as we study through the Bible are good questions to ask as you're reading the Bible or studying the Bible is what can I learn from this? Um, What can I worship God for in this? And what should I do? I mean, what can I apply about this? And if we just think about worshiping God, we should praise God for forgiveness. Our sins have been blotted out because of the grace that is given to us through Jesus Christ. And also, we should praise God for the freedom that comes through the biblical gospel, um, freedom from wickedness. And even that image is great of the lame man that can now walk. If you are not a Christian, you're you're spiritually lame. You you cannot walk. You cannot move about as a, a believer. But Through faith in Christ, God, he restores us. And now we can walk in the light. So praise God for the work of restoration that he has begun in you. But also, I want you to think about repentance today. First and foremost, you need to repent. And think about this, maybe how you've heard the gospel or how you proclaim the gospel. So many times today when the gospel is proclaimed, it ends with, and if you want to follow Christ, just repeat these words after me. Now, I'm I'm not saying that can never be helpful because sometimes when you're dealing with someone that doesn't even know how to pray, that can be helpful. But we just need to be careful that we don't put the emphasis on some magic words and we need to make sure we are proclaiming the substance of what the Bible teaches. And right there at the heart of the substance that the Bible teaches that we've seen now in John the Baptist, we've seen in Jesus, and now we're seeing it in the Apostles is the word repent. We need to turn from our sin. And that that means at the end there in verse 26, turning every one of you from your wickedness. And so first and foremost, you need to repent. Uh, You need to turn from your sin if you have not. And I'm convinced there's many people that would call themselves Christians that have never turned from their sin. Is that you today? If so, repent and turn back so your sins may be blotted out and that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, right? Because why is, is the, has the Christ not come back yet to bring about the restoration of all things? Well, Second Peter tells us he's because he's waiting for more people to repent. So the, the reason Jesus hasn't come back yet is because God is waiting for maybe somebody like you to turn from their sins and put their faith in Christ. But then that's a good reminder for us as we proclaim the gospel, we must proclaim repentance. We must call people to turn from their sin. Again, it's not just, hey, repeat these magic words or just accept these facts about Jesus. No, you are caught in wickedness and you need to turn from it. That's what we see here. So you'll you'll remember the miracle. This lame man, he went about walking 
and leaping and praising God, but I hope you also remember the message. The message of Jesus Christ crucified, risen again, and coming again. And in the meantime, all people everywhere need to repent. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.